0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hello, North America, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio, and another Town Hall Academy. We're going to do CRM best practices, and I'm calling it a part two because we did a part one a little while back. It was episode 359, so maybe about seven or eight weeks ago on December 21st. And look, everyone, it was great. So I invited everyone back. I'd like you to meet my panel. It's a duplicate of who was on last time. Steve Zell Finzel from Zell's Master Tech, Terre Haute, Indiana. Steve. Hello, Carm. Good to have you here. Jessica Carino, Sparks Tire and Auto, St. Louis, Missouri, along with Father Ron Tenner. Hi, Carm. Hey, 2024 Napa Auto Care of the Year, Greg Rainville, Steer by Mechanic Advisor. Hey, Carm. Love his, love his chandelier.
1: Love <laughs> it. That.
0: That's a little joke from the green room. And Jared Cleaver is here, National Sales Manager Repair Shop of tomorrow.
2: Hey, Carm. Thanks for having me. Glad you're
0: here. Hey, we got to sure give a great high five to a great partner in Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. Amitrax will move your shop into the SMS Fastlane, with online and on-site training, six days a week, support and local representation. Find Napa Tract on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Okay, everybody, look, what we talked about in part one, we covered turning customers into clients, using Google reviews, effective communication, service advisor role plays, or their role, I'm sorry, their role. And the uh, first touch point in the CRM process so we said, hey, look, it was great. We loved it. But it was more the why. And we really want to jump into a lot of the how. So many areas and ways to go. You've learned a lot, Jessica, using CRM. And this is a lot of why we're here today to discuss, hey, this was cool. It was great. Turned on all the switches. But then I just couldn't set it and forget it. You got to manage this stuff.
1: Absolutely. That is one of the most vital pieces of using a CRM. Um, If you just set it and forget it, you're not going to get everything out of it that you have the opportunity to. In the past, I've done that and you can tell by your car count and by the lack of work that it's not working. So that is something that I have put into my repertoire, as I would say, as something I do every week. It's routine. I go in and I make sure everything is good to go, using it to its full potential.
0: Repertoire. Is that French?
1: Sure. Call it that.
0: All right, just checking. It's Carino. We are getting more sophisticated on this uh, podcast. Yes. I know that for sure. Greg is here from a perspective of, he's the guy who really understands CRM because he has a CRM program. Jaron's here because he's the SOP guy. And Steve is here because he has a great business that uses CRM. And of course, Jessica being a shop owner also. So Greg, the quality assurance that we have to keep in mind when we're managing and using our CRM.
3: Yes. So it's a great topic. I do try to talk to a lot of our shops and even train our onboarding team to train shops about quality assurance. So what is quality assurance with the CRM? It's really testing out the marketing that is going out to customers. So if you do build an email template send it to yourself. See what it looks like. See if those call to action buttons work. There's been a number of times where I've seen clients actually send out an email and you click on the link and it doesn't really go anywhere. Also with the text, send it to yourself. A lot of the CRMs have this test functionality where you can plug in a phone number or an email and it will come to your phone. It'll come to your email. And again, you can see exactly what it's going to look like to the customer on your phone, on your PC. Click around, make some tweaks I think every time I've ever built a campaign for a customer, I've probably gone back four or five times and made tweaks doing that quality assurance.
4: With CRM, that's very important is that when you get it set up and you get those things going is also that during the check-in process, when you have a customer, that you let them know what's going to happen, what the expectation is. Um, An example of that, for instance, when we check somebody in, even if they've been with us before, say, I'm going to send you a text message. And the next thing, please save that because that's our contact information. The next thing you're going to get from us is our digital inspection. And then after that, a service writer is going to call and let you know what's going on, what needs to be done, how much, all those kind of things. But that way, if they have that saved, instead of it being like spam, they're expecting it. And then let them know that they can communicate with you based on
1: that. I'm going to have to agree with you definitely 100%, Steve. Another factor for sending them that initial message while they're there is if they don't get it or if you have the wrong phone number, the wrong email, however they want to be contacted, you could correct that while they're still there. There's no thing worse than trying to send them, your customer, their information and using the CRM when you're missing a letter or you're missing a digit, then your CRM isn't functioning.
4: And I think piggyback that, I see more customers wanting to be communicated by text. What do you think about that, Jessica?
1: Yes, especially in today's generational transition as we're seeing in our area, we have a lot of new home builds. So we're seeing a younger generation move in, the older generation's moving out. So we're going to a lot of that texting and that's how we're using our CRM is moving more towards texting and not email anymore.
4: I even see customers like making appointments through the text message link they have versus going back to the website or responding to a retention piece that they get via
3: email or text. I had a customer, a repair shop customer that I talked to a couple months ago. I was working with my sales team on working with this customer and bringing it across the finish line. I reached out to the customer a couple of times with my phone and they told me, can you please text me? So it's funny that even the repair shop owners, (laughs) some of these newer repair shop owners... Yeah, they're like, text me. They're like, don't pick up the phone. They go, when you call me, it feels like you're kicking in my door. So it feels like everyone across the board now, like that is the way
2: people want to communicate in this world. Karm introducing me as the SOP guy through obviously through coaching, through what we do, processes and implementations, everything. Steve, to go back and touch on what you're talking about from that initial experience to let that client know, that customer know exactly what to expect when they come in your shop. For me... That's a very vital process that needs to be coached and trained on. And that process needs to be outlined for whoever that chief experience officer is or whoever that person is that's handling that interaction. Because we want that client to come in and have that consistency throughout, whether they're talking to me, Steve, or whether they're talking to you. So I think it's really important you talked about how that experience and what to expect but I'm a big believer in like documenting that and putting those SOPs somewhere, whether it's a book and constantly making sure we're updating them and we're training on them. And then you guys talk about the text message piece. I think that's interesting because I talk to clients a lot and sometimes it's about digital vehicle inspection, sometimes about CRM. And I always hear that, Jaron, we don't want to do it this way because we're losing our personal touch. And it's not about losing a personal touch, right? It's about enhancing that customer's experience, utilizing the technology we, that we have. And Jessica, to your point, right? We got to meet our clients' needs, right? We got to yeah. communicate with them how they want to be communicated to. One
4: thing to talk about when you say SOP, how it ties into CRM, one of my deals is that we get an email address, right? And I think it was talked to, I don't know if it was in our last meeting or if I heard it somewhere else, You get name, address, phone number, and then you say email, like it's just another deal. It's just another piece of information, not can I have it? Will you give me your email? Just email. Somebody said, ask for Gmail. It sounds completely different, and I've done it on the front counter, and a lot of, like we use Kakui to get to a review and get a Google review, it's way easier if it's a Gmail address for them than it is a regular email. There's that deal. How does CRM tie into that? That's really cool. His CRM can give you all kinds of information through your dashboard, okay? So one of the things that's on my dashboard is email collection rates. And I can tell you that my email capture rate is 35%, but the baseline or the meter, it should be 47%. If you're gonna go back and look who is getting emails, Versus looking at a dashboard real quick and say, hey, we got to pick it up. The conversation is, hey, remember, this is the script. This is what we do.
2: I guess for everybody, do you feel like you almost have we gotten past the point where we have to sell the customer on like why we need their email address? I don't think it comes into
3: question. I was going to ask Steve and Jessica, what's your strategy for getting emails? Is there an actual script that goes along with it? Hey, if we collect your email, you will get specials or communicate to you about your vehicle, stuff like that.
1: I would say when the initial ask is there, it's what Steve said. When we're entering the customer information, it's, Name, address, phone number, email. If they then go, why do you need my email? I don't want a bunch of spam. That's when we then explain to them you'll get an email from us, a thank you email shortly after you're here. We send all of our coupons via email. And when you say that coupon or discount, you're golden. They give you that email. I think it has to
4: be really simple. Like Jessica was saying, a coupon thing. If you go into a big long out, drawn out story, it's a kickback point. Like they don't want to hear it. If they don't want to give you their email, that's fine. We text. But at any time, if you want the email, so we can send you our latest coupons and offers, we'd be happy to take that. Done. Absolutely. Yep.
1: And I think more of my appointments for return work are actually coming via the text nowadays. Or the De- website. Oh yeah, the website as well. But with the CRM, like the link to click, because we send both text reminders and email reminders, I get tenfold via text than what I get via email.
2: I agree. So Greg, as the CRM expert here, we were talking about kind of the messaging and how you put that messaging together. And it's important now that it has some sort of personalization too. Isn't yes. that what you guys are seeing?
3: Yeah. And I was going to ask that too. Just Steve, are you putting your names or whosever customer faces names in the text that goes out? So the customer feels like you're actually texting them from the shop?
1: So it comes from me, not from the guys up front. So I'm not on the front counter. But everybody knows that I'm still here. So when they get that message from me, they think, oh, a personal note from one of the owners. That's cool.
3: Perfect. And Jaren, yeah, that's what I love to see with the shops that I work with is they make the text feel personal. We try to text from a local number so it does feel like it is the actual owner picking up the phone, checking in, truly, genuinely wants to know how was your visit? How was your experience? And the other thing that I like with that personalization is also end it with a question. So to get that interaction going with the customer, how was your visit? Question mark. So a nice open-ended question to get that customer to open up and really tell you about their experience. And you can get a lot of data there too with what's going on in the shop and really what that shop experience is. I think that's good information
4: for me. And like Jessica
3: said, we're constantly tweaking
4: this. I think I need to go look at those because I believe mine are coming from Finzel's Tech all the text and communication. So definitely a personal touch, especially if you have a customer service rep sitting up there, why wouldn't their name be on it?
3: Yeah. And I think Jessica, to your point, coming from the owner is even more powerful. Obviously they know who you are, but it sounds right. like you have that relationship with the customers and I'm sure they really appreciate it. And they're going to want to respond to you and let you know exactly how that experience is. And guess what? They might not pick up the phone and call you to tell you about their experience. If they had a bad experience, they will tell you over text get those keyboard warriors.
1: Exactly.
4: Should we put on there Steve Finzel or Jessica Carino, even though your service advisors are the ones that are interacting and texting those back and forth? Because it's text and there's not a person standing there, does that make a difference? I don't think it would based on what I'm hearing.
1: So my CRM ones all come from me, but the ones that we use all day, every day to send messages to the client with vehicle updates or DVIs, those all come from the service advisors. so Farch Auto. Correct. So it'll be, hey, this is Greg or hey, this is Jake, whatever person is sending it out. So those come from them. So they know when they call, which gentleman to ask for.
4: Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. See, see, that's something new. I've been texting for a long time and that's why these things are awesome because that's something you like, I never thought of that, that make it better.
3: Yeah. And Steve, you'll start seeing your response rates go up. Like I've seen it with customers when you just add that personal touch where it seems like it's coming from a real human being. Right. People feel responsible to, to reply back.
1: Well, and I actually had one this week that the text message that came through was, is this automated? Question mark. Yeah. And I went, what do you need? I'm right here. And he was like, whoa. I didn't say, yes, it is automated because I didn't send it, but I'm here to respond. So what you got?
2: It goes back to your point, or I guess the point that was made in the very beginning, it's not set it and forget it. We talk about putting our processes in place. And Steve, you just mentioned it. You've been texting and, and utilizing a CRM for a while, right? And you have this process. Guess what? We just discovered there may be a better way to do that. So we need to be constantly reviewing our processes with CRM, all of our processes in our shop, because... Things change, right? Business changes. Maybe our clientele changes a little bit. I think you can learn a lot outside of the industry too. And I'll just give a real world example. I like to play golf. I'm pretty bad. I'm not as good as Steve probably, (laughs) but I do like to play. There's a company that some point, I don't know how, I got set up with their text communication. And it says, this is Sarah from such and such company. We are having a 40% off sale on our site today. Now, I know it's automated, but I'm like, oh, Sarah's texted me again. And uh, if my wife's listening, it's strictly golf related. There's nothing else involved. <laughs> so I'm going to be very clear. The other day I clicked on it because I'm like, oh, 40% off, right? Hey, and so here's what was crazy, Greg. And this is my question to you where I'm getting with this. I went and looked at the website. Okay. I started going through the cart and I started or building my cart kind of looking. And then I ultimately decided nah, I wasn't going to spend the money and I just exited out. I got a follow-up text that said, hey, this is Sarah just checking in. I noticed you were looking at some of our items. Do you have any questions? They call that the abandoned cart in marketing or the
3: Amazon experience. So You abandon your shopping cart and they get an alert to basically trigger out an email or text to you to get you re-engaged, which is pretty cool. We don't do that quite yet, but that is something that we are looking at with appointment scheduling to basically know that they started entering in their first name, last name, and they entered in their cell phone number to contact you. And then they started clicking on some services and then they left that scheduling experience. Like we are working right now to actually capture that. So then we can give that report to the repair shop owner. But I like what you're talking about, Jaron. We could maybe send an email of, Hey, do you still want to schedule that appointment or a text, something like that? I love it. Bringing the CRM to a whole nother level, being able right. to do that.
4: I also think I, on the name thing, and I don't mean really to get stuck there, but like we use bolt on, right? So. You send the digital inspection, that comes the way it comes. But when you get in that conversation with the customer during the day and you're that service advisor, I think that's a key point. I have four of them, but if you have one, it's easier too. But to say when you reply, hey, this is Steve, or hey, this is Jake, or hey, this is Rourke, or this is Scotty, so that they know exactly. And then that also would give all your other service advisors an idea that So-and-so is already engaged in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Stay
1: out of it. And to piggyback on that, to make it even easier for you, Steve, because I use the same program that you're using, I've built automated messages for each guy. So it'll say like, communication, Greg, approval, Greg, approval, Jake. So all they have to do is go grab theirs and make it really easy. Yep. Perfect.
0: Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. Now, it all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. And having local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, a representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. Tracks always has the flexibility to do business how you need to do it, which means it can also grow as your business grows. And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business. Yes, a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax. That's N A P A T R A C S dot com.
2: One of the things that I put on my kind of talking points as we were building this episode is the strategy around identifying what a lost customer is for your facility. And so this goes back to working with your shop management software, working with your CRM, working with your team and identifying what a lost customer looks like. And I have a real-world example, a client that we work with who lives in Florida. She's in a very seasonal area right, where snowbirds are coming in, they're leaving, And so when she originally set up her CRM, she set up her lost customers to be 18 months, right? Because they're not there half the year anyway. But because she's digging in, she's looking at the data, she's starting to see that there's more people that are now staying longer in her area. And there's also a lot of new people moving in that aren't leaving as well. And so she's had to really re-identify what that lost customer looks like, right? And so right. I think that's really, again, getting back to that processes of not setting and forgetting it. A CRM is great, but it always has to be refined to meet your clients in the, really the changing landscapes. For Steve, for Jessica, is that something that you guys, do you feel like that lost customer, that reach out, is that something that is just static with you guys, like it's 12 months or is it seasonal? How do you guys manage that piece?
1: So I would say it used to be for me, a lost customer was if they haven't been here in six months, I need to reach out to them because oil changes used to be done every 3,000 or three months in two different ways that has changed. One, a lot of cars are now full synthetic and we've gone to a full synthetic shop. We don't even offer conventional or semi-synthetic. So everything's full synthetic. So there's a a 6,000 or a 5,000 mile oil change or six months. Plus, a lot of people post-COVID are working from home. So we're seeing miles driven per car is much less. I have to adjust that lost customer because maybe they're not coming in every three to four months anymore. They're coming in once a year because they have full synthetic and they don't drive.
4: I think that because we're talking about CRM and how to utilize your CRM, full transparency, my CRM, we text through the bolt-on, we do the CRM through Kukui. So Kukui has a dashboard and on my dashboard, Visits per customer is one of the dials that I see. So Mm -hmm. 2.2 is my number, 2.16 is the benchmark. So you can gauge yourself on that. And if you did the math on that, that would mean that anybody that's not seeing me twice a year, that's how often I should send that lost customer out. So it could be different for a lot of people. But again, instead of trying to go back and micromanage this, your CRM is where you'd reach to to get these kind of answers and these kind of stats. And I'm sure Greg can jump all over what kind of stats you can expect out of your CRM. And one thing I'll also say about that is I get a phone call from my CRM monthly. Make sure your CRM's
3: working for you and doing what you need them to do. I could piggyback off of that, Steve. It's so important to make sure you keep your CRM accountable and they are, make sure your whoever your rep is that you have that relationship with, that you're having those conversations monthly to not only know what's new and what's going on in the CRM, but to look at analytics. Like, how did that campaign do that we sent out for the holidays or for the new year? How is this message for lost customers working? What do the open rates look like? More importantly, what does the revenue look like? Are these actually driving real customers into the shop? Who are those customers? So I think it's really important, wherever CRM you choose, is to make sure you have that customer support on the back end and to just have regular calls. And it doesn't have to be monthly. We have clients that tell us that it calls too much. <laughs> call us every quarter, call us once a year. You kind of have to figure out that cadence, but it's so important to work with whoever is in charge of the CRM at the shop to make sure that the CRM is working and to be able to give suggestions and let them know, obviously, what's new with the program.
4: There's one stat on that. I have a question. And when we decided to do this show, I think I'm going to talk to my rep next time about this, but the category is leads to customers and it's new. And my percentage is eight and the benchmark is 12. And then leads to customers returning customers. My number is 12% and the benchmark is 13. So you can see when you're reaching out CRM, whether it's a new customer or an existing customer, and you're talking about the benchmark being 10%, 12%, like those are low numbers. And the benchmark for a new customer was actually higher. So like that first time you're reaching out or when you're doing those marketing things, whether it be social media or on your website, it's really not CRM at that point it's that first impression. That's really big time right there. Those are other tracking points that CRM is going to give you that you're just not going to think of as a shop owner possibly in your busy day.
2: Steve, I have a question on that, on those benchmarks. Is that something that, and Greg, maybe you can answer this too. Is that something that you are working with the client success manager or the CRM company to set those benchmarks? Or is that them pulling data from across their network and saying, this is what we see?
4: I think they're pulling data across their network. That's what they see. Because it's like a gray dial. And then my dial is lot. My dial is green.
3: Yeah. And Jared, that's how we typically look at it. We look at it across the industry. We are looking to get more into the data and look at it regionally. But yeah, for right now, we just look across the whole entire United States, North America, Canada of what do those rates look like? Like aver- average visits per customer per
2: year, like Steve mentioned, he nailed it. Two, 2.2 visits is really the benchmark. Yeah. And from a coaching company's perspective, right, having access to that data to work individually with your client, that allows you to build those SOPs, that allows you to look at the processes, look at what you're doing. And if you're below the benchmark in these areas, if we have access to that as your coach, then we can help formulate the strategy so that you can either hit those benchmarks or ultimately exceed those benchmarks. So that data is huge. And the CRM provides so much data for the shop owner, It can tell you so much about what's happening in your business. And again, from a coaching perspective, Steve, you said it, right? You don't have all this time to put these numbers together yourself and try to manage it. Sometimes you just don't think about it. And if you can share those numbers with your coach, when you have your calls, when you're having your strategy sessions, you can really dig in and formulate, okay, here's how we're going to fix this, right? Or here's what we need to change to make this better. And without having a CRM, without having that data, you're pretty much operating in the dark.
4: I'll say one thing about the CRM call. So we're busy in the middle of the day. The call is pre-planned. It's supposed to be on my calendar. That day, I'm busy. So I've told my CRM person, like when I call, I just right off the bat, a thing to let them know is, hey, a crazy day. What do you see that I need to look at? And give me some highlights. Give me some high points. Sometimes at five minutes, I'm on the phone with her. And sometimes... Like I've got some time and I want to learn and I take my whole 45 minutes with her. Don't be afraid that when you're paying for the CRM, make it work exactly how you want it to work for you and let them know. And I've had her say, can we just talk Friday then? It works.
2: I know Carm's a big proponent of the who, right? Who is ultimately in charge of the CRM? And it sounds like, Jess, in your shop, it's ultimately you, right? Correct. But for shops that don't have that who, right. that the owner's not the who. If it's a CSR or as Karm likes to call the new, the CXO, the chief experience officer, hey. make sure, right Steve, that they're participating in those calls too. Because yeah. if you are dedicating someone in your business that this is their responsibility, but you as a shop owner are the one that are taking a the call, then you're doing a disservice to that person. Whoever is great call managing that process needs to be involved and needs to be connected with that client success manager or CRM success manager, whatever they may be called in in that company.
4: One thing about that connection also that, and Jessica touched on it a little bit about how she said, hey, I can put, personalize these messages. Even if your process is that you call when the car's done and say, hey, your car's done, it's $854 and we're here till 5.30, hit the button and send the text to get your customers used to receiving that from you as a follow-up, as another means. Like these guys are very consistent. They call, they text, and it's worth responding to. You know, there's a vehicle pickup. There's your inspection is ready. There's all those type of things that need to be sent out that keeps that communication path open.
1: Absolutely. And we've found in our shop that most of the time the customer doesn't even need a phone call to let them know that the vehicle is finished as soon as the service advisors are finishing up the paperwork. They'll hit that. Your vehicle is ready. Here's a link to pay. And they either pay or they text back. Thank you. So it's making your service advisor more productive and more efficient, I should say. So they aren't spending so much time trying to call people, waiting on hold if they're at work. We've just found that there's more time for them to do other things.
4: That's one of our operating procedures is that as soon as it's done, the vehicle ready to pick up. Because as we all know, You're going to get the wrong part. You're going to have a technician that's got an issue. You're going to go start thinking about something else, forget to call them. And then all of a sudden, here comes the phone call. Is my car ready yet? And you just had to answer an unnecessary phone call. Sending that link out immediately when it's ready to go, definitely follow with the personalized phone call. But if you forget, you still have not dropped the ball.
3: Right. Stephen, Jessica, do you have canned text in your CRM? Obviously, for your car's ready for pickup, I'm sure you just click a button and yeah. it's a message that goes out. Do you have other canned texts that you use for all up if someone had like a good experience or
1: anything? Yeah, I of have, question I that have a whole list.
3: Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Yep. The best shops that I've worked with have canned text and the communication's consistent across the board to the customers. Yeah. And it makes it easy right. for anyone to go in there. Click that button and the message is the same to customer A as customer B. So it's just, again, very consistent. The communication with that customers,
1: we also have them to where the CRM is set up so where they won't get the same verbiage for six months in a row. So there may be eight different messages that they get, but they'll never get the same exact message. So they can't tell that it is automated. That's
3: quality assurance right there. Yep. So you're rotating through those messages Mm -hmm. so the customer doesn't feel like it's a robot. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, personal. The only other thing that I would mention is also just looking at your messaging again to your market. It varies. I've seen it across the country, just vary how you speak to your customers, especially through text. I had a customer in New York and Long Island that actually, I'd probably say Queens, so closer to New York City on Long Island. We sent out our first text blast and it was like three sentences long. And he actually texted me on the side and was like, Greg, when you do slow day blast, you typically only get like two or three customers to respond. And I was like, no, I was like, that's very low response rate. So I was like, let's put our heads together and figure out what we need to do to get better results in the next slow day blast that we send out. So I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm thinking about his customers and I'm like, they're New Yorkers. They're moving pretty fast. Maybe three, three sentences in the text message was too long. So I reached out to him. I was like, let's next month, when we send out a text blast, just try to keep it to one sentence, short and sweet, where the customer can easily consume the information really fast. And then a quick just call to action, like on the end. Guess what? We booked 13 appointments off that text blast compared to three. It was just doing little things like that. And looking at it, which makes a difference, just think of who your customer is and how they want to be communicated to New Yorkers. Again, they're different than maybe someone in the Midwest where they appreciate maybe a
0: longer text.
2: We call that uh, uh, Midwest nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in New England nasty.
0: <laughs> yeah. hey, everybody, let me jump in and show you something at a last uh, yeah. independent group meeting here in Buffalo. And it is a Google cool. review piece. That's some kind of digitized yeah. so that when... If you bring your phone up to it, it'll do the same thing as the QR code.
2: Cool. Ain't
0: that, ain't that cool? You can have a play card, but you can just walk out to the weight room if the customer just happens to be there, sat down, has a cup of coffee, and bring this to them.
3: I it's- would present that to any customer with a smile on their face. That's when you whip out that bad boy. <laughs> customer <laughs> smiles,
0: you're like, oh, it's right here. You walk up to it and <laughs> say, hey, maybe. here you go. <laughs>
2: So what you're saying is is don't bring that out to someone that's got a scowl look on their face, right? Right. Take it off the counter. So our SOP is if they look angry, remove the Google review board so that your (laughs) phone doesn't accidentally hit it.
4: One thing on that for the Google reviews and the reviews, and that's why we talked about asking for, instead of an email, try to get in the habit to ask for a Gmail address Mm -hmm. because how simple it is to get a Google review and how important, obviously and terrifying Google reviews are. But our CRM or Bolt, when that invoice closes out, they're getting a text almost immediately because that's when they're thinking about it. That's when you're going to get that best response. So I don't know if that's blanket through everybody's CRM. If you go to my
0: website and you look at the kind of reviews we're getting, it's amazing. So I'd like to know that, Greg, if you get instantly get a request for a review. Now, Getting in the car, paying the bill, overcoming the cost in your mind, but you're still good with it. Now you're driving. Who has time for this? Now, two or three hours later, you're scanning through your texts and there it is. Right. Steve, I love the fact that it goes out instantly, but is there any kind of SOP on uh, the wait? What I've seen
3: that's worked with some of our shops is I call it the two-step Google review process. So what we liked typically is the customer leaves, they have a couple of days to drive the vehicle and check in with them. So don't ask for the Google review right away, but ask them, how was your experience or, or how is your vehicle? What's great about a lot of the CRMs is again, we, we talked about personalization. You could put in that customer's first name. Hey, this is Greg from Greg's auto repair. How is everything with the Honda Accord question mark? So what's great about CRMs is you, you could plug in a lot of this information that it pulls from the shop management system. So then you could gauge with the customer how their experience was. And then what we like is four days after that, then politely ask for the review. That has been what I've seen has worked the best for our shops. But I've talked to other shops that they tell me they like, we don't like that way. We like to ask for the customer that day when they're leaving and it works well for them. I've seen that work for a lot of the shops that I've worked for. Like that two-step approach, but the shop is the boss.
2: Let the data tell the story, Greg. If you try something like that, and maybe we are going to wait now, and and we are going to change a process. Just like we said, it's not set it and forget it. Go back, look at the data. By doing that, did we get more Google reviews? Did we have more positive reviews? Or did that ultimately drop our Google ratings because people hadn't thought about us in a couple days and they didn't want to go back? online to leave us a review. So it's all in the data. That's how you manage your business. Prove me wrong if that's your process
3: too. And Carm, I mentioned it last time, doubling down with an email is great. So send the text, but also send the email.
0: Thanks, Greg. A great question. I'm listening to you, motivated by these great ideas. And in Jaren, you're talking about SOPs and processes and A and B testing and all that. Where's the aftermarket CRM coach or advisor? He's right think here, Greg.
2: Greg. Greg, think Greg. about that.
0: I know that. I get that. You're basically, a coach or an advisor would be agnostic in the industry. It doesn't matter what CRM you have. I want to help right. you do it better. And no doubt, a guy like you working for Steer by Mechanic Advisor is perfect for that. Goes back to the under usage of all of the software that we use in our company. Don't get me on a soapbox about that. And again, I don't know if I'm right or wrong in thinking of that. We have service advisor coaches. We have business coaches. We've got so many of these boutique areas where we work with the shop owner. I was just curious if there was anyone doing that. I think what Jaren said earlier, share these numbers. If you have a coaching company you're
4: working with, like we have a dashboard, either share your dashboard with your coach or tell them, hey, I'm not to the benchmark on these, but I'm doing really good here. That's just a
0: talking point of something you could work on your business. For a lot of coaches, they're adding a sales advisor, either coaching, phone call. They're managing that front of shop for them as a subset of their coaching program. Why not CRM?
1: And my coach has access to my CRM dashboard. I give them full transparency. They can log in and see whether they do or not. I I don't know.
2: Knowing your coach, he probably does.
1: Yeah, I would think so. But not saying all coaches would.
0: But a command of what CRM cannot do, uh, seeing the learning, being the full all-in A-B tester and with with all the switches that are there, an expert, I guess what I'm saying, like Greg is for what he sells. But where are the coaches? Jaren, your company could have that as a subset and reach out to guys like Greg to help you develop the curriculum and and learn this internally. And again, I just stretch my thinking every once in a while, and and Mm -hmm. maybe this is a healthy thought to have.
2: It's funny you bring that up because when I was selling shop management software and I was consulting on that was a specific software, right? Your great sponsor of this episode, Napa Tracks was my previous employer. There was a time when there was another guy there. We were both regional managers. Believe it or not, no joke. We had this conversation about would there be like an opportunity in the marketplace to be like a shop management coach consultant? All it would take was going out and buying subscriptions, right? You'd have an investment. You'd have to go out and buy subscriptions. But was there or would there be a need? Like you knew how all these systems worked, all these shop management systems work. And would people pay you to come out and spend two days with them, no matter what shop management system they were using? So the thought that you well, bring up is it's, valid. And it's, it's something that honestly I've thought about before. It's brilliant. And
0: I'll tell you yeah. why. I am struggling with a section of Google Docs and Workplace that I can't figure out, that I want something to happen, but I don't have the right authority, the switch, the this sign-on, the that sign-on, and I'm investing too much time reading blogs and watching videos. I just want to be able to pick up the phone and says, how much? 50 bucks? Solve my problem? And to your point, Jaron, and again, I'll get up on that soapbox. Every time I ask somebody, to what level are shop owners using the capacity of the software that they have, Steve's shaking his head. I probably could do so much more if I could spend some time with it, I don't think your idea is, is that far off. And in fact, what I think should happen is that the software companies themselves should have their own internal advisor for X amount of money to take you to the next level. We we have the 100% guy or girl, because we know you're at 30% because we monitor what you're doing and there's so much more. X, one year, work with us. We're going to take you to max level, the max SMS coaching the max CRM coaching. I just want 1% of the residuals that everybody earns with this (laughs) idea.
4: The thing is, like I have my Kakui rep, right? We meet Ben Dexter does something for Napa Tracks. I don't know what the other software people are doing, but they're out there. You can get your answers, but who has time? We have so many things going on during the day and then we want to go home and do what we want. That's why those quick answers are definitely,
0: yeah. My coach has got the more to do next week. Why don't you let him know, Jessica? I won't say a word. I had fun. Thank you for putting up with me for probably not even being here for this whole thing. <laughs> Jaron and Steve and Greg, Jessica, for holding this. Uh-huh. Steve Fenzel from Fenzel's Master Tech, Terre Haute, Indiana. Jessica Carino, Sparks, Dyer Auto in St. Louis, Missouri. With Father, with the Ron Tenner. A 2024 Napa Auto Care of the year. Wow. wow. She was on the cruise. We had a blast.
1: We had fun.
0: Yeah, we did. Greg Ranville, steer by mechanic advisor with a beautiful chandelier and cheering Kleber, national <laughs> sales manager, repair shop of tomorrow. Appreciate you being here, everyone. Great. Episode. Thank Thanks, you.
2: Carm. Thanks, Carm.
0: Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.